Hey y'all, I'm Casey Bell from the Shake Up Learning Show, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Kindergarten Chaos, the Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. So today we're going to talk a little bit about our new normal that we're facing and give you a few ideas and our thoughts about what the new normal would be under some three circumstances that we're thinking about and we're facing. Uh, the first one being in person with social distancing. The second one being blended learning. Um, sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. Maybe our day is shortened and so we have to do half in class and partial outside of class. And then the third option um, that I've, our students have been given is online total. So let's start with our first option, our new normal with a social distance classroom. So you have to teach kindergarten in person, but you have to social distance them. And how, what, what does that look like? Yeah, what does it look like? We were talking with one of um, Lindsay's friends who called us with a few questions. I didn't know she'd end up on and the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> and she said she went back to her classroom and all of her stuff is gone and in its place are desks in rows, spaced and measured six Which feet Which wasn't so bad at first because she said she hated her tables, but she said the desks are worse, so... Sadly, <laughs> they didn't buy her new desks. Yeah, so her new normal is now to teach kids in um, desks and rows when we all know that kindergartners learn best with hands-on material, experiences, and through social My other friend said that their way of getting the kids social distance in person was they gave them one more table. <laughs> I got one more table than normal, and they're supposed to fit Ooh. it in the classroom and spread the kids out. That's awesome. <laughs> so we talked about. Um, let's just talk about supplies. Okay. At the beginning, I mean, to get for the at the okay. get go, I have always been a proponent of individual pencil boxes. You told us last I think time it becomes why because. You had to share your pencil box with your cousin, yes. and you messed I, up your crayons. because I had to, I had to share with my cousin. So Mike. a review for last time and, for those who didn't hear. <laughs> and I don't know if anyone knows this, but I like things organized. <laughs> like today, I spent an hour on my pantry because some of the labels weren't facing forward. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm so much happier now that my pantry is organized. So sharing my pencil box with my cousin Mike 
was a nightmare because I like the crayons organized in a flat row in Roigative order <laughs> with all the labels facing forward. And he would break them and Aww. throw them. So because of that, I just never liked shared supplies mm -hmm. anyway. Because first off, I just didn't like other kids chewing on pencils, then throwing it in a box, and some other kids using it. And I didn't want to mess up for those. You do cute feel really bad for the kids who want to keep their crayons nice. Say yeah, say yeah. P kids should have their own pencil boxes. Yeah, but they shouldn't be tiny. <laughs> <laughs> mine, what? mine was super small, and I just had to cram everything in it. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like a game remote control, so that makes up for it a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, it makes up for it a little. So I think pencil boxes might be an answer for a few problems that are facing us. And one is supplies, like for a math lesson, um, you know, if you need pattern blocks or um, you might need dice, you might need dice, you might need number cards, you might need cubes, you might need le magnetic letters. After you plan your day, you can go ahead and fill kids' pencil box with the supplies that they're going to need for the next and day. spray them with Lysol. And I think that I would, yes, and I think that I would um, probably try to think of the week, the full week of all the supplies that they're going to need for the week and fill their pencil box. And then on Friday, then you can take those pencil boxes, Lysol them all first, then touch them and dump them all the contents in a garbage bag, spray it with Lysol, tie it up, leave it a, um, for 24 hours, and then you'll be ready to put things away at a later date on Monday, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely try to get the whole week's worth of contents that your kids are going to need in their supply pencil box. So what about guided readers? What about when well, you're teaching? Well, with guided reading, reading, with guided reading, I think um, there's two different areas. There's the book bags that you want kids to have with the on-right, on-level readers that they'll have in their uh, possession for reading time. And I think that the best thing to do is just fill a baggie of books for your students to have at their desks for reading time that are at their level. And then um, the same as with the supplies, just take those books and um, after a couple of weeks or a week at the end of the week with those books, then you're gonna have to do the same thing. You're gonna have to collect them, sanitize them, leave them in a baggie. I heard 24 hours would kill everything with Lysol in the baggie and um, then change to a new bag. I think that um, probably the easiest way would give your kids five on-level books and at the end of the week have them choose one to put in the bucket that will be to disinfect and clean and then give them a new book for their bag. So that would make you not too crazy that you would be cleaning five books from all kids. You'd only have one book from each of your students each week to clean and sanitize. You know what I think sounds even easier than that? Don't what? use real books at all. 
<laughs> well, I think for guided reading, for sure, I would just use paper books. We have um, hundreds of titles of books that you can print and send home with kids. And definitely that is the books that I would read. And you use. don't have to sanitize well, them. the ones I do use. You don't have to sanitize them at all. You print them, you have them read them, you send them home, and they reread at home. And that's one less thing you have to sanitize. And that sounds like a win to me. Yes, I think we should give away some guided okay. readers. So to get you started, uh, we'd like to give you our set of fall guided readers. We have a back to school set, but I think just to give you some time to get your minds mm -hmm. wrapped around it, we'll give you the fall ones. So it will give you some time to get acclimated to using a, these paper guided readers. And if you put it in your shopping cart on our Squarespace store, the discount code to get 100% off would be J as in Joey, 2, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, Z as in Zebra, P as in Petulia. <laughs> Petulia, huh? Uh-huh, like Petulia Clark. <laughs> and L, wait, is that, is that an L or an I? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Okay, code. that's not the code. Never okay. mind. Never mind, everyone. So the code... <laughs> so the code you will enter at uh, in your shopping cart on our Squarespace store to get 100% off the product is 9H is in Helen, 8F as in Frank, 5Q as in Quilt, and 2 as in 2. All right, there we go. I really think that if you haven't tried our paper guided readers, you're really going to love them. Especially right now. Especially right now. I've used them for 20 years, and I would never go back to using um, real books at the guided reading table. I mean, I do use guided re real books, but mostly they're just to get in the kids' book bag to have a book to read at their desk. And the paper books are what I love because kids love to take them home. And they have something at their house they can read. And that's exciting. Something that they didn't have to share with anybody else. And Lysol. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! You saved Lysol. Another thing that I would probably really think about is um, pe some people are having shortened days. And I know with a shortened day, you need to start thinking about what things you can take out of your curriculum and perhaps put into a digital format, especially for those that are doing half school, half distance. And some of those activities are like your read aloud. Mm -hmm. I think if your day is shortened or if you're getting kids some kids one day and, and the rest of the kids are online, then I would think that the best thing to do with your in-person time is get as much small group stuff in as you can. And then anything that you would normally do in a whole group lesson, record that, send it out for the kids who had the short day or the kids who weren't there. Because your whole group stuff I don't know. If I was going to let a piece slide, that would be what I would let slide. 
and any minutes that I have them in person I would just use that to get as much individual stuff as I could yeah I, I agree so I would record think about recording things like your Hegarty phonemic awareness lessons if you do that um, I would record my read aloud I'd record songs you could record poems. your whole group math lesson you can even tell them how to play a math game at home with somebody if you you could record an, uh, like an introduction on how to play the game so probably I think the best way to handle centers with our new normal social distancing is for I like to do rotations kids learn best with rotations and so I want to still have some sort of rotations and I think the best thing to do so that kids are not touching objects that other kids are touching a whole lot I first off I think that you're not going to be able to escape mm -hmm. this completely in kindergarten you're just not going to but I would plan five activities for every center and they're going to last you five weeks right I don't know what you mean by five activities for every center. Well, so like on day one, Johnny's group is going to do this activity at this center. And then you're going to take it out. And how did I explain it? You do it. I'm muddy in it. Terrible. It was a good idea. Well, let's assume that everybody's going to have a shortened small group time. So I think the only way that I can think of to do small group time and keep materials as clean as possible is to divide up your groups into your, divide up your class into your small groups and then give each group a set of three or four or five if you're really on the ball three if you're not that on the ball like me and and then each group has their three activities and they do so Johnny's group does a set of three activities on Monday and Susie's group does a different three activities on Monday and Bobby's group does a different three activities on Monday so you in total had to put together nine activities I'm really lose track of all the numbers and names that I just said so they have those activities and only that small group has touched those activities so then at the end of Monday you sanitize everything you clean everything and then they switch so now I can't remember the names but they've all switched <laughs> activities so they're the same nine activities but now they've swapped and then the next day they're the same nine activities but then they swap again so it would be a big I mean the more you plan the longer you can go because the that gives you more swaps before you have to get new activities out right yeah but it's a lot of so I think in the long but it'll give you a way <laughs> it's a to lot keep of the kids, give the kids something productive to do during small group time that they can touch and they can interact with because it's only their small group 
touching it and i think that's the best mm-hmm. you can do because there are things there i gonna, think it is i mean we can have pencil boxes and try to give them their own stuff but when it comes down to small i, I feel i don't know i can't think of anything better than that can you think of anything better than that to get some <laughs> small group time in because they're kindergartners well, i think they're not just gonna sit and do a worksheet quietly for you while you read no and please you could please, have, please don't you try could get them on the <laughs> ipad and have them do uh like a phonics something or other one of those guided phonics programs but, uh, and that's something nobody else has to touch but it's not going to give you enough time i don't think well you'd have to you'd have, have, a have to have a classroom set, set of devices for that to work maybe some of you do that's amazing yeah you're lucky if you do where do you teach i'm gonna come teach there (laughs) i yeah i think that that's what you have to do and there's some things like the play-doh center you can have that's one thing i would give the kids a little bottle of play-doh their own individual play-doh yeah when they go to the play-doh center they run and get their play-doh from their desk at the beginning you think about prepping all that stuff but for kindergarten, it's not as much prep as it sounds because a lot of it is play with Play-Doh, you know? Build your fine motor skills. <laughs> Pick things up with tweezers. <laughs> yeah. Put the put the potato head together. So much fine motor stuff that doesn't take a lot of prep. So, Yeah, at the beginning, I would say really start into it and be kind to yourself. Start do a dot to dot with those kind of activities. Yeah, water Watercolor. paint. I love water paint. Every kid can have their own water paint and practice and cup doing dots in a baggie of glue with in your their own desk. individual Elmer's glue bottle that no one else will be touching. Yeah, practice cutting with scissors. Yes. So I think probably our biggest suggestion for centers is the longer out you can plan. And the longer out you can get things together, the better it's going to be because then you can just sanitize and swap that group's activities the next day. So it might take you like a half a day to get everything together, but it might last you a full month well, once it's organized. Well, and that still work if somebody's doing like an A-B schedule, right, where they have half their class A, a day and because then uh-huh. you've just... It's a, it's a little bit you different just, management, I guess. But it's still the yeah, idea. Yeah, your A day and your B day are the same. They just Well, you still have to prepare the materials. Kind of the same. Because you'd have to give the A kids the materials and then sanitize them. And then give the B kids the materials and then sanitize them. And then give the A kids the materials that have been sanitized but swap them. And then give the B kids the materials that have been sanitized <laughs> but swap them. So this like... Buy a planner. <laughs> Buy a big planner with lots of craft paper. It's going to be an adventure. Exactly. You know, my favorite thing to do for centers sometimes is just take my whole whiteboard, <laughs> especially when you're not going to be doing a whole lot of whole group, and do all my plan and draw my picture of who goes where with my on your whiteboard, on my whiteboard. Make a big old plan. or we could do what your dance teacher did whenever she choreographed a dance remember she did it with oh yeah pennies. she did <laughs> she did she'd show us and all she had each to kid a different color she planned color. it all out with pennies and i was one yep, of the pennies so 
<laughs> get out your pennies. So if you have students that are half blended, or, or blended students and half in person, half distance, I think we kind of address well, that. Well, I that think what I would I do would, is I would just, I would, on my A day, I would give all the A kids their small group time. And on the B day, I'd give all the B kids their small group time. And then anything whole group, I'd just send out to all of You're them. You're making those cute videos. <laughs> or I'd, yeah, I'd just record it videos. and then send it to, like, whatever is the least amount of work. Because holy cow. You know what I mean? I think just posting the videos, um, make a, if you make a Facebook group for your classroom. That's a good idea. And just make it private and have only your class in that Facebook group. You can do Facebook Live like That's crazy. True. I would do, I would do everything there because it's all set up for you. So just have your students all your parents all there and just don't do anything on nearpod because nearpod is the worst i'm gonna oh, complain nearpod about nearpod for a second i'm sorry <laughs> only because your kids brought nearpod home all that nearpod is never in march sponsor us sorry nearpod we don't get any of your sweet sweet nearpod money okay face it no one sponsors us <laughs> esgi is our friend we They're like our you friend. esgi We're you're our friend and we like Heidi's Heidi songs. Is our friend. We got some friends. Nearpod yeah. is not our We've friend. We've got friends. Because I had like a thousand no. Nearpod assignments I had to do with my own kids. And every time they got assigned a Nearpod <laughs> assignment last spring, they were like, no, Nearpod. And I was like, no, Nearpod. They're going to make them draw their answer with a stupid pen on the screen. And it's going to be awful. All right, let's talk about the last option that everyone's probably dealing with. I know in my school district um, where I'm living, it's 100% online. And I've really talked to quite a few parents who are freaking out about their little kindergartners starting school 100% online. But honestly, I think you could make it pretty fun. I really think that it's just... It's just how you go about it, and if you are optimistic about it, the kids will enjoy it. So I would say if that is your new normal for now, is online teaching, I would just make those, I would make that Facebook group first or thing. Or Google I'd Classroom. I like lives. Google Classroom. I would too, but I'd still do the Facebook Live and have all those live videos mm -hmm. And then put all the assignments in Google Classroom, which works really nice for for. You know, it was really easy for me was Kamebu. Kamebu was love really Kambu. easy because I could record videos of whatever I needed to send out, and I had all my kids' emails already in my Kamebu app. It's K A Y M B U, right? So I'm saying this right because they're mm -hmm. our friend. Hi, Kamebu, you're our friend. <laughs> Yes, we um, like But, them. yeah, all you and do is you record whatever video you want to send out, and then you tap send to my class, and it sends straight to their emails. So that one was easy. Yeah, I love that one. It's really easy. And, you know, I haven't had a lot of experience with Seesaw, but I know Seesaw kind of works a lot like Kamboo. I think Kamboo is easier and more user-friendly because Seesaw is a broader a bigger thing. platform. Yeah, and it, so it has a lot more 
complicated stuff to learn. <laughs> Kimbu is, is like not hard easy. to learn. Put so in your that's kids. One reason take, why put they're a picture our friends. Your kid, their email, their text, yeah. and bam. That's why you're our friend, Kimbu. <laughs> yes, you like you easy are. things. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's what you can do is just. Um, put everything on Facebook Live, send videos on Kimbu or whatever platform you have to send, and put assignments on Google Docs. Uh, I think it will work. We have one thing that we have is um, our Wonders readers for Unit 1 that Lindsay wrote in self defense <laughs> when she took, started doing Wonders. Uh, they're amazing readers, and you will love them, whether you're using Wonders they're or decodable. not. Because they're decodable. They, yeah, they're just straightforward, decodable, and, and they are readers, so they're in the, a progression. So they start with, uh, they introduce one sight word at a time, and they introduce sounds at a time in the Wonders order. And the books have no words and no sounds in them that have not been introduced already. And I'll tell you what, writing a book like that is hard. It's <laughs> really it hard. Is. Like, I want to write a book about a cat. Wait, I can't write a book about a cat because they don't know tea yet. So we're not going to write a book about a cat. <laughs> so I guess the book's now going to be gonna about, be about a, can. a can. We're going to write something <laughs> about a can. And it can't be a dumb word that they don't know, like lag or jig. We're not using those words. That was hard work. <laughs> so those books we have digitally available on Boom. So you can get Boom cards at wow.boomlearning.com. W-O-W-B-O-O-M-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G.com. And, or you can find them at our TPT or Squarespace store, a link that will take you to the Boom Cards. So Boom Cards um, is a great site because it's a place that people have put a lot of activities and things for you to purchase that are games that you can assign kids on an iPad or activities, or in our case, some guided reading books. Another thing that you can do at boomlearning.com is you can create your own activities and assign it to kids on their iPads to do at home, distance learning. Which is fun because when I was in high school, there was this program called Hyper Studio, and you made little cards, and then you dragged a button onto the card, and then you could make the button do whatever you wanted, like the button could make a sound, or the button could go to another card, or the button could make a picture come in, and I made my own little game out of it. And so when I helped you make boom cards, I felt like I was making a game in Hyper Studio again. <laughs> and it was fun. I, know, it I dragged in buttons. Just like Hyper Studio. So we, we, we made it so like if you, the kid is practicing the word can, they have to build the word can on their boom card first. And they have to find all the cans and click on them. It was fun. I was back in <laughs> high school again. So... We hope you like them. I, we made them completely for you that, those of you who um, need a digital option for guided reading. So another resource that I really highly, highly, highly suggest, I'm not getting a kickback for suggesting them. I just think they're awesome. But if they want to give me a kickback in advertising, that's cool too. 
<laughs> I don't know how to do that disclaimer. But um, yeah, we don't have a coupon code. We're not getting anything for those guys. We I just love them. There's a guided reading company, guide, a company that prints guided readers called Pioneer Valley Books. And they have the best guided readers. They are my very, very favorite ones. And in the springtime, when all the schools were shut down, they hurried and got together a whole digital reading system. And it's not like, um, like, um, what's the other one that has digital readers? Kids A to Z? Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not really comparable to Kids A to Z because their digital reader, you can actually set up guided reading groups that work through the digital reader so if you have 100% online kindergarten, but you still need to do your guided reading groups, you can go on to this Pioneer Valley Books digital reader. You can set up your guided reading groups. You can assign them books to read. You can put books in their virtual bookshelf. All the things that you would be doing in your classroom, you can do digitally. And uh, I think if you go on there, they have some videos now to show you how their thing works. But my favorite part about it is for every book, they have been adding, they didn't have it for every book when I was using it in the springtime, but they were adding new ones every day. Uh, a video of a teacher giving a book introduction before the kids ever read the book and holding up the book and introducing some of the words and having the kids flip through the, their digital reader and find the words they're looking at or find the pictures they're talking about. And then there was a video for the kids to watch afterwards about things they could reflect on or words they could practice writing. So you could do your own guided reading lessons from these books, but they've also done the work for you where you could assign your whole guided reading group to go on to a book that already has a video. And the assignment is go on, watch the video, read the book, and then watch the videos afterwards and do whatever assignment is in there. So I think that's a fabulous, fabulous resource that will make guided reading possible if you don't have your kids oh, in sure. the classroom with you, especially where uh, they already have these videos from great educators doing the guided reading lessons for you that the kids can watch at home. Because I tried to do some guided reading over Zoom and it worked some days and some days they couldn't hear me and some days they couldn't see what, you know. <laughs> so I think that's gonna be an amazing thing to use if you need to do it online. So I think one thing that I learned about after school was over, which was sad for me, is that there are actually standards and guidelines for teaching school online who'd have thunk <laughs> there's an actual pedagog pet who'd have thunk there's an actual pet <laughs> I still can't say it <laughs> pedagogy. there's a whole pedagogy <laughs> surrounding online teaching and if you go to ISTE which is what did it stand for again mom ISTE. I don't think ISTE. it's ISTE. Internet. Oh, that's what, how you okay, say it. Wait, ISTE. what do you call the National Association for the Education of Young Children? It's the International. No, this is a sidebar. What do you call the... Not yet. <laughs> okay, so you always called not the National Education 
<laughs> I can't talk. Any, whatever it is. You always call it NIAC. So I went to talk to some other people in my district, and I mentioned I mentioned it, and I said, well, there's this article on NIAC, and they all looked like at me like I was speaking gibberish. And they're like, oh, the National Association for the Education of Young Children? <laughs> no, that's, what are you, NIAC, what? So I don't trust you anymore when you tell me the acronym well, NIAC called ISTE or NIAC. <laughs> NIAC calls themselves <laughs> NIAC. I've been to the NIAC conference. They call well, themselves NIAC. When I said NIAC, NIAC in I've my district, the, people it, act like, looked at me like I was speaking Klingon. So when you tell me that ISTE I've is pronounced the, ISTE, I am suspicious. It's ISTE. I've actually been to the ISTE conference like, oh, maybe 10 times or more because I was on that Idaho Challenge mm -hmm. Grant. And that is where I met Mr. Wonderful <laughs> from Shark Tank. Back in his Reader Rabbit actually, days. Back when he owned Reader <laughs> Rabbit. But it stands for the International Standards for Teaching. Okay, so I now know... Oh, no, the, that's international. Okay. Let me see what it stands for. It stands for ISTE. It's just ISTE, that's all. It is just ISTE. International Standards for Technology Education. Okay, so I found out about ISTE after school ended. And then I found out if you go to iste.org and you click on the top bar where it says standards, there's a whole bunch of standards for what kids should be learning when they're working online. Like, let me see, where's one of their standards? Okay, a student can articulate and set personal learning goals, develop strategies for leveraging technology to achieve their goals, and a reflect on the learning process. Students can build networks and customize their learning environments. Students can use technology to see, seek feedback. I mean, like, look at all this cool stuff that I could have had in my head and I didn't have it in my head. I just had survive, 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 survive in my head. <laughs> uh, but, we all do. Like, if I'm going to do an online, fully online kindergarten class now, I'm totally going to go to ISTE and plan to make it so that they're actually learning things like media literacy and how to be a good seeker of knowledge on the internet and how to be const a constructive thinker and how to communicate your ideas. Like that to me sounds exciting to do that when you think of it that way, right? Yeah. When you're actually. I think it, I think that's my point is if that's what you're, whichever of the three uh, platforms we talked about that you're doing, I think it's just being excited and optimistic about whatever lot you're dealt. And if you are, your students will be happy and, and optimistic. And if you're not excited and, excited and optimistic every day, it's okay. Fake it. Because <laughs> yeah, just you fake don't it. have to fake it. You can have a bad day. I give you permission. I would send you a chocolate cake if I could. <laughs> send you me want a one. chocolate cake a and chocolate. a Coke? Yes, send Send me a cake. I don't know what else to say. We mentioned the all right, boom. So I oh, think I do have something we talked else about to say. All that's well, I was going to say, if they're totally online, I think the mo one of the things that I hope they have is some sort of, um, I don't know what to call it, but some program like Lexia or Waterford or some some program 
that's going to give the kid feedback. What would you even call that? Like a phonics program well, or a adaptive, yeah, an online an adaptive learn program? Uh, yeah, an adaptive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if you're going to be fully online, one thing I would try to get is some sort of adaptive learning program. And maybe your district already has one, like Lexia or Waterford or Imagine Learning. But I think something like that is going to be huge because the thing that we do as teachers that's so important is we give the kids that feedback that helps them to progress. And when you're not there, there's you can't give them the feedback. So I think a program like that that uh, is adaptive is going to be huge. And I think one thing that's might be helpful is Khan Academy actually has a free program 100% free called Khan Academy Kids that's an app that you can just put on like parents can put on their phone and make a free account for their kid and you could add that in as part of your online instruction that they have to do Khan Academy Kids if you don't have something else already provided by your district um, And another thing and is Homer learning uh, is make still sure free for teachers, I think. Oh, yeah, Homer. Wasn't Homer learning free for teachers? I yeah. think so. So there's Condiment Academy Kids. And and Raz Kids has Head Sprouts. I'm not sure how expensive it is, but that's, that's their, their adaptive program. Adaptive. Mm -hmm. I mean. Now, I'm always going to say, if you can get Waterford early reading... Well, get you it. get a whole math program, <laughs> too, if you best. can get Waterford. So yes. that'll yes. make your life That's easier. You get best. adaptive phonics and reading and adaptive math. So That's a bonus. If you can do guided reading through um, Literacy Footprints, which is the name of Pioneer Valley Books Digital Reader, and then have some really a really good adaptive phonics program to help you with your phonics. I think the kids like, like Waterford. Waterford yeah. We'll hawk Waterford again. Um, <laughs> I I think that those are the biggest bang for your buck you can get. Yeah, I think so. And put some good shared reading, read aloud, singing some songs on your Facebook Live calling your kids, doing some Zoom connection calls. And don't forget Heidi's songs. Oh, yeah. I, you can... Pro, you can um, I don't know how they can use it. Ask Heidi. You can go to Heidi's website yeah. and ask Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tell, tell her we sent you. Heidi, how do you <laughs> use your stuff right now? So anyway, don't forget Heidi's song. It's HeidiSongs.Uscreen.io. And I think that they are fabulous. And you can use those somehow. And that's when you can insert. Go, at, go ask tell Heidi. Tell Heidi we sent you. <laughs> <laughs> ask her, ask what, her how, ask you her how she's got digitally. that set up right now. Because we don't know. Because she I probably she figured does. something out. I really out. do. She's on the ball. She's more on the ball she's than amazing. we She's amazing. And I think another thing to make sure is to keep that personal connection. You can still set up Zoom calls with your students and um, you can do them whole class, 
but I actually really loved the one-on-one -on -one Zoom calls that I had with students last year. And I shared my screen and I could do um, alphabet um, testing. I could do all of my ESGI testing. ESGI, um, you can set it up that you can test remotely through their student share. But I just shared my screen on Zoom and I had that personal connection with the student and was able to assess them at that time. And so um, if you haven't got ESGI and if you haven't tried it, there is a $50 off coupon. It's Kathy B, K-A-T-H-Y-B-E-E. -E. And you can sign up right now and get going. They give you 60-day free trials. So you can set up your class. You can get all your assessments completed all before you even decide if you want to complete that purchase and I love doing it over zoom and when you do it over zoom with your students you know give yourself a little extra time because my kids love showing <laughs> their toys their room <laughs> their dirty socks <laughs> it it's a great experience all right, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and good luck with whatever you're doing. We'd love for you to write us and tell us how things are going. So, and... And, yeah, let us know. Let us know if there's anything that we can uh, podcast about that would be helpful for you, uh, things that you're conf being confronted with in our new normal. And you can learn more about us by visiting kindergartenkiosk.com. And our email is kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. Be sure to download those free guided readers. And if you forgot the code by now, it's 9H8F5Q2 to get 100% off the fall guided readers. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?